Welcome to Porter Wright's Antitrust Law Source. Okay, good afternoon. This is Jay Levine, your host of Antitrust Law Source, and I am absolutely pleased to be joined um, here by uh, Professor Oded Schenker. Uh, Professor Schenker is the Ford Motor Company Chair in Global Business Management. He's a professor of management and human resources at the Fisher College of Business at Ohio State University. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, Professor Schenker also holds a PhD from Columbia and is essentially a, uh, uh, a consultant and an expert in, um, in um, doing business with uh, uh, foreign companies, especially Chinese and Israeli companies and, and companies in, in other nations as well. And so we thought this would be a treat to get his take on sort of what does it take to bring uh, foreign investment or foreign companies to the U.S., what challenges they face, and, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, what opportunities there are. So, um, Professor Schenker, you know, what, what, do you, what do you see, you know, coming down the pike for, for foreign companies and what, did, you know, opportunities do we have for them? Okay, this is a, an interesting and, and obviously, I mean, complex question. As we say, it takes two or at least two to dance. So if you start from a U.S. perspective, um, typically at the state level, you get a lot of interest. I mean, almost any governor that I know that I've met, you know, would go on stage and say, uh, we want to bring foreign investment, mm -hmm. uh, almost from, from any nation for that matter. Uh, and the key is, of course, uh, generating employment. Right. Um, interestingly, uh, as we all know, foreign investment does not always bring about employment. Right. And there is a big difference here on the one hand between so-called you know, greenfield uh, investment and, and uh, major and acquisition. Typically, greenfield does create jobs. Uh, major and acquisition may or may not create jobs. I mean, it may create a job when you re revamp an enterprise, when you, um, you know, upgrade them, um, as in a recent case in Moraine, Ohio, where a Chinese, um, you know, automotive component company moved in. Mm -hmm. uh, probably without them, this facility would have been gone. Okay. Uh, but there are definitely other instances that uh, may not necessarily do that. I mean, think, for instance, of the acquisition of GE appliance business by Haier. Um, it is quite possible that they will actually downsize the workforce. Okay. And therefore, you're not going to get more employment. You're going to get less employment. Okay. Um, uh, all this is at a state level, of course. At the national level, it uh, it gets much more complicated. In what way? Um, in a couple of ways. First of all, in many countries, uh, and I'll talk about the U.S. in a minute, uh, it is fairly highly regulated, okay. meaning that if you want to um, engage in foreign investment, the government will want to see exactly what it is that you're offering. I mean, in China, for instance, there are different um, categories. Uh, there is a master list, for instance, that consists of three types. One okay. of them is a no-no. I mean, we don't want any foreign investment on that. Uh, the is that other, like with defense or national? Uh, well, I mean, obviously those are no-no, <laughs> but it can also be something nowadays like a polluting chemical uh, oh, okay. factory and so forth. 
In the other extreme, do you have something that we very much want you to bring in? I mean, if it involves with uh, technology, mm-hmm. um, by all means. And then there is a middle ground that is... We'll, we'll take a look at it. <laughs> you know, we will see. Uh, U.S., interestingly, is, um, is less regulated on that. Um, CFIUS, you know, the Committee right. of Foreign Investment in, in the U.S. Is, is, is fairly recent. I mean, not last year, but it's a fairly recent mm-hmm. uh, addition. Plus, it has, um, you know, really limited regulatory power in a right. sense that you don't have to bring it uh, forward. Uh, I expect this to change. Really? Uh, yes. Um, uh, I make this judgment based on a number of trends. One of them is what's happening in the European Union. To my mm-hmm. knowledge, the European Union is in a process of establishing okay. uh, such a body that will have uh, at least some regulatory power. Uh, the second is uh, judging from the current uh, mindset that I uh, <laughs> uh, have been able to, to observe, sometimes directly I mean in, uh, in Washington, D.C. Right. For example, increasing concern for um, national security repercussions. Okay. Um, so if a Chinese company were to come here, and um, take over something that uh, would be of potential uh, use um, in, say, China's uh, defense establishment. Right. That, of course, would right. be a, would be a big problem. Uh, the issue is that nowadays uh, it is not so simple to make a distinction as it used to be in the old days. Right. In the old days, you would say, "Okay, if it's a truck, you're okay." But if it's a heavy truck that can, you know, uh, carry tanks, maybe not. Right, right. right. Um, and nowadays, it's much more complicated. You right. know, there may be a particular computer chip that is very sophisticated, can be used in a... A lot of applications. Exactly, an application, yeah. you know. Even with truck, I mean, as we have seen in the Middle East, I mean, you can mount a machine gun on the top of a pickup truck and right. there you go, right? Well, is there also a sense of, of not even anything in particular, but just, you know, obviously China has a vast wealth and and just having it own a certain amount of assets or a certain percentage of the American industry itself, I know from time to time raises concerns of national security, of just having a foreign government or foreign nationality own that much of our infrastructure of our of our GDP absolutely so again I mean you know you have the kind of pure national security play which is right. you know relatively obvious uh, then uh, the question becomes uh, for instance what is strategic you mm-hmm. know we've had a discussion a few years ago I remember the acquisition of Smithfield right uh, which sound a bit funny to me but it's basically the title of something like is pork strategic right you know <laughs> fair enough I can tell you that in China anything having to do with food supply and, and the food chain is strategic okay okay so they, they and, and if you look at, at their acquisitions in recent years including in Israel by the way as you know they bought Nova the, the second largest dairy. right uh, it, it has to do with that as well because they have lots of mouths to feed. Their own food supply is tainted, right? Um, in, a, in in a serious fashion, and therefore you see a lot of things that are happening around the world, including and this is coming to this country too, by the way, and will raise a lot, a lot of 
modern eyebrows. The Chinese have been, for quite a few years now, acquiring land. Yes, right. And I want to see what happens if a Chinese, you know, moves in and starts buying an en masse, right. uh, for instance, land in, in, in Ohio. Right. Uh, and right now it has already happened, yes, but on, on, on a miniature scale. So the question is... Um, how much is much, right? I right. mean, this is kind of a, a judgment. So I can let me give you an example of a very slow, small economy that I visited on their invitation, uh, Iceland. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, where they had uh, a Chinese interest in buying some of the main fisheries and so forth. It's also kind of a way of life, you know. It's not just a, right. an economic. And I've asked the uh, the audience, um, you know, uh, would you mind if a Chinese citizen would come in and bought, you know, four or five houses. The answer was not at all. Right. So I followed up and I said, what about if you're going to buy 500 houses? Remember, the entire country has like 320,000 people. <laughs> and then they say, no way. I mean, everyone right. jumped right. up and said, there's no way we're going to. So, you know, how much is, is, is much? So definitely... Uh, it is not just national security uh, right. in a really fine. Then there is another issue. Uh, something that uh, is called, uh, you may have heard of it, competitive neutrality. Mm-hmm. It's really a funny concept. And I can tell you that a few years ago when somebody in the US government raised it, I started getting, I mean, I was bombarded with email from Chinese companies <laughs> as to what this is. As to what, what is this? Right. So... I looked, I mean, I knew what it is in, you know, broadly speaking, I looked more closely and told them, listen, it is um, a, a principle that was actually comes from uh, domestic U.S. business. Right. Um, it has to do with the basic idea that you want to even have an even playing field. Right. And um, it applies to you, especially as it concerns state-owned enterprises. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is a state-owned enterprise, for instance, if I come with a Chinese state-owned enterprise um, and I buy a, a U.S. company or bidding right. for a U.S. company, you know, I have a very cheap uh, funding source, right. uh, so it's not really a fair, a fair bid. Yeah. Right. Um, the problem in China is that it's not just a state-owned enterprise. Even mm-hmm. a private company would not be able to engage in serious foreign direct investment without the blessing of the Chinese government. Right. So they're going to have a say in in what industry you're investing right. in. And right. And then the question, even if it doesn't have anything to do with national security, is it issue of, of, of fairness? Because, I mean, you are, you will be, Sure. Uh, discriminating against a U.S. player, you will also be discriminating against other foreign players right. that do not have the same access to, to preferential uh, resources as uh, as the Chinese do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm using China as an example, but I mean, you know, there, there are obviously other uh, type of uh, uh, investor that uh, will raise an eyebrow okay. uh, or more than that. Um, what I have found over time, uh, working with companies, including defense-related and so forth, that there is, I think, uh, to my knowledge, is an informal list. I mean, it is there, but it is not publicized, of who is considered a preferential investor and who is not. 
And the list, this list exists where? In the foreign country or here in the no, U.S.? No, here in the U.S. Oh, I see. Who, 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 who right. we're okay with? Co- correct. Gotcha. Correct. 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 United Kingdom, for instance, is a shoo-in. Right. Indonesia, maybe not. Right. I mean, obviously. And, and, and they are in-betweens. Right. And there are indication at times, in my mind, uh, as to who is considered... Uh, friend, uh-huh. uh, such as do you and then these are really kind of political science indicators. Do you do you um, you know army joint exercises for instance, right. so things of that sort where you uh-huh. are somewhat exposed. I mean, and this and that, um, and obviously the treatment of of, of this investment mm-hmm. uh, is is done differently. And uh, the problem is that if if you look at that, the whole setup for dealing with foreign investment was very limited in, in this country. Um, it goes back to a time where um, UK was the main uh, foreign investor. By the way, in aggregate, I believe they are still number one investor in the US, okay. United Kingdom. But if you look at the flow, obviously the, 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 right, share, the, trend the is share is, yeah. is, is not that. Uh, so it, it was not really a, a setup designed to deal with uh, investors such as China. Right. It had become very uh, large, at least in uh, potentially. Uh, it was not designed to deal with investors who don't really bring uh, advanced technology and the such uh, into the U.S., as the case was sometimes with some Japanese companies and so forth, but rather with somebody who comes to, if you want to be uh, accommodating, you would say, learn, uh, or if you want to be more blunt, you would say, you know, copy, take away right. your, uh, you know, your technology. Um, and again, it's not only in the U.S. Uh, Germany has seen in 2016, on average, one week there was an acquisition by a, a Chinese company. Every week. Really? On average, yes. In 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 Germany on, in alone. Germany. Wow. And... and the German woke woke up only when the Chinese started to target high tech company such mm-hmm. as Kuka, which is you know a robotic uh, company mm-hmm. that um, you know involve very advanced uh, technology and possibly you know military application. But in Europe too, we are in a formative stage. Right. So my expectation is that both in the EU and in the US. We are on the verge of a very different environment when it comes to foreign investment, which will necessitate or as a corollary a lot of legislative and legal uh, changes. Interesting. Now, of course, that that somewhat flies against our capitalistic principles. I remember having, uh, um, when my mother was an economics professor, and I, I remember asking both my mother and father sort of what is you know, what is the issue with, you know, sort of foreign trade? It was, it was in the news. And right. and I remember my father saying, listen, you want, you know, you want them to compete as much as possible. And if, you know, if foreign companies want to com- come in and compete and, you know, by through competition, you will get, you know, the best product at the cheapest price with the highest quality. As an antitrust lawyer, you know, I I now understand that at a more sophisticated level. But of course, throwing all of these non-economic and non-capitalistic 
sort of, uh, you know, objectives into the mix, you're, you're going to create, you're going to have, you know, trying to grow the economy at the same time, trying to protect certain sectors, um, they're just going to clash with each other. And are we going to really, do you think that that people are really going to have a regime where, you know, it's... I, th I, think, I think what we have seen now, uh, recent election and so forth, is definitely uh, one of, of a number of indicators that uh, people are rebelling mm -hmm. against a very narrow economic perspective. Mm -hmm. I think us scholars should rebel against it too, but it's, it's, it's very, <laughs> it, it is very difficult. Um, the thing is, and I've always had an argument economist about it, I said, I said, even if you're correct on the macro, and then I'm sure that either, I'm not sure of that either because, again, there are also other considerations. Um, if I lose my job, yeah, we have a problem. I have a problem, and I think you have a problem. Um, are people willing to um, pay more for their product, um, you know, uh, in order to retain employment? probably if it is their employment, but even that is not always true. I mean, this is, again, the economic argument that right. you, we all benefit right. uh, from that. But the economists are wrong on a number of counts, I must say. One of them is indeed, it does assume certain fair competition. In other words, right, right? I, I am going to buy uh, your gadget because you can produce it cheaper, better, or whatever. Right. But what happens if you can do it only because you distort, you know, the, uh, the rule of physics, so to speak. In other words, you adopt a, a, a system mm -hmm. that, um, you know, would, uh, would keep me out of, uh, of the game. Now, there are, and this is still uh, the majority economic view, that uh, we will benefit from trade even if it's asymmetrical, mm -hmm. right? So, you want to subsidize your gadget? That's absolutely fine. I'm still getting right. there for cheap. Yeah, But that doesn't answer what will happen, okay? Right. If, as a result, I'm not producing, for instance, say an electronic chip that tomorrow... I will need in my fighter aircraft and I cannot get them right. off the ground. For example, this right. is just one example. I mean, there are many other issues in there. Right. Uh, I, mean, I don't think econo the economists uh, really capture the real cost of, of, of the social misery that, that comes from, you know, employment losses and so forth. Or they assume right. that it will be a recreated where it is more uh, efficient and, uh, and needed. Right, it'll flow to where the, All right. wherever the most efficient. And if you can produce the gadget at a lower right. cost because you have a labor force right. elsewhere that, you know, right. so be it, more power to you and the American consumer ends up yeah. benefiting and, you but know. But what if, if I cannot produce gadgets anymore? Right, so it's yeah, funny, and antitrust, we have the concept of predatory pricing. and that, That's right, and anti-dumping, right. I mean, right. as, so we as do relating have, to that. We do have these, these laws that, that at, least, at least if you can prove it, where, um, but so you're not, you, right, you, right. Can't, you, can't, you can't subsidize right. you know, and dump, and you can't um, produce, but 
to be honest, I don't know that a Chinese producer would be below cost. It's just they the, the cost of labor in China is so far below what it is in America. It may n- it is it is rising fast. It is rising is fast, it? but this yeah, it is rising fast, which is a big problem for their labor intensive <laughs> enterprise. Absolutely, but you see very little of that coming back here. Right. Okay. There is a basic uh, economic assumption that I think is fundamentally wrong, but they would not uh, admit to it. Okay. They look. They look at most uh, of their uh, uh, historical experience and so forth as the movement from agriculture agriculture to industry. Industry, right? Okay. And they say, look, you know, we used to have. 50% of the population engaged in agriculture. Now we have 2 or 3% that produce even more and we didn't lose any from our agricultural powers and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now they extrapolate, extrapolation is always a very, very problematic proposal. They extrapolate from that to what happens when you move from manufacturing to services. Mm-hmm. I happen to think that this is the wrong analogy. This mm-hmm. is the wrong extrapolation. It's, it's totally different. And in, 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 in my book at the time, Chinese Century, I actually challenged that and I told them, I told the reader, if, if you really believe in that, um, let me bring you to Hawaii. I mean, it's a beautiful place, but this is where we don't have manufacturing anymore and right. it's, it's all a service industry. Okay, in that environment, um, the local can hardly make a living. Um, the wages that are being paid in, in, in the service industry uh, a mini school. I mean, you know, economists like to look at, at services. I mean, but services is anything from, uh, uh, you know, somebody as an investment banker who who makes twenty million dollar a year, to to the poor guy. I mean, uh, the bellman in a in a hotel in Honolulu that make twenty thousand if he's lucky. Right. You know. So, you know, it's it's not necessarily a <coughs> a right analogy and and. To me, once you stop manufacturing, um, your ability to also um, develop services uh, will suffer. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it is very difficult for me to fathom s- someone coming in with a new software, for instance, for advanced manufacturing, this and that, when he has absolutely no connection to the manufacturing environment anymore. Right. So I think the the, the economic uh, perspective on that is 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 way too uh, too narrow, mm-hmm. and it is uh, suited maybe for a, a world where we have a free flow of trade and investment. We never had that. We're not we going do to. not have it now. <laughs> and I've been warned for years, but I think I've been a relatively lonely voice that. Um, uh, globalization is reversible and I think this is what we have started to do now. I simply follow for instance legislation, I mean you know there are a number of legislation in different countries but basically already first it showed that the pace of liberalization is slowing Okay. and then it shows it to sudden already started to reverse, reverse itself. Right. Uh, so the trend has been there and people would laugh when I would say well it's reversible. You know why? Because all our the economists that I talked to, or our textbook, go back about 50, 60 years. And I told them, no, guys, this is not good enough. You have to go back 100 years. Mm-hmm. Go back 100 years, 
And I remind you that we also talked about globalization being irreversible, only to see a complete collapse of the world trading and investment system. So if you take a historical perspective, it... Uh, so that, that's a fairly dim view of, of uh, I guess, foreign investment coming in. Um, what about from um, places that are sort of less um, politically charged as China and, and like? Do you, do you think we'll, we'll see more of that here? Um, what about from India or Israel with all of these startups? Right, from right. Korea? Right. So, so you can look, I mean, at a few examples. I mean, the UK is actually interesting because I think that, and, and I've had some meeting with people, I mean, after Brexit, this and that, that um, I think a natural kind of response, or even a bargaining chip in their uh, negotiation with the um, European Union now will be uh, their uh, relationship with other countries. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, U.S. is, is obviously a, also given the, the historical affinity and all that, um, a natural, uh, natural place. Right. So definitely, I would expect to see even a closer relationship and more investment, a revitalization mm-hmm. of UK investment. In um, if you're talking about uh, uh, Israel, um, we already have that. I mean, you know, we have uh, you know a lot of Israeli companies. I mean, uh, invested in uh, you know the Nasdaq, right? And have, um, um, uh, much more can happen. I mean. Uh, uh, interestingly, I just looked recently because I want I want to do a little project on that um, at foreign investment in Ohio. Uh, ah, okay, okay. Yes. Middle America, Middle America. Okay, not on the map for many Israelis or right uh, that we well know. I found so far I found six. Okay, um, some by large conglomerates such as Teva. Right. Some are really small companies. I mean, like two I, I didn't even hear of, and I'll have okay. to contact them uh, to see. But what I'm trying to say, there, I mean, there's a lot of potential. Uh, if you are a company in Israel, you have to 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 export and foreign invest. I mean, right. You know, you Israel's too small of an economy to support. Israel it. too small for an economy. They are still, despite. Um, I would say very welcome advances against BDS and so forth. It is sometimes a liability to be selling out right. uh, of Israel or with the identity of an uh, mm-hmm. of an Israeli company. Right. And in a global environment, um, you know, you can um, you know you can uh, you can do that. Right. Um, uh, you can even play with the branding. I mean, with the kind of the national branding. Sure. So I visited this one company. I won't mention the name. I mean, doing some you know gadget and so forth. Uh, this is actually an Israeli company that has a uh, foreign investment in China and so forth. Mm-hmm. They, they, so they said, for instance, I say, okay, when when we sell to the U.S. or in China, he says we are Israeli because this is associated people mind with advanced technology and so right. forth. Where we sell to Malaysia, we are a Chinese company. Gotcha. Right now. Gotcha. So, if you are a smaller player, especially if you're selling uh, a component and so forth, you know it is it is easier, uh, you know, to do that. But uh, uh, 
foreign investment, it's, it's very difficult to say. If you talk, by the way, about China, it's, it's going to level off or decline this year or next year mm-hmm. because of constraint put by the Chinese government, who is worried also about, you know, fund outflow and uh, right. corruption and, uh, you know, <laughs> money laundering, you name it. Okay. I mean, you know. But um, all in all, I see a world where... You, on the one hand, there is this more attempt to invest, but I, I, I definitely see more uh, more pushback mm-hmm. and possibly a, a distinction which you, I'm not sure if you really find in the current legal environment between greenfield and, and acquisition. Right. Okay. Uh, so some Chinese leader, you know, recently asked me. That was after the U.S. election and so forth. What do we do to to be in the good grace of the right? So I told them, instead of doing acquisition that right. neutral effect or worse downsizing and so forth, try to focus on uh, especially greenfield or acquisition or that way you can expand employment and then you will be more in the good grace of. Of the community, because right. at the end of the day, and people tend to sometimes to forget it, you're not necessarily dealing with the economist. Right, you're dealing with the politicians. You're dealing with politicians who right. need to be at least in theory responsive to the people, but definitely you want to be reelected. Right, right. Um, and economists have an economist has only one the same one vote that the farmer. Has. Yeah, right. No, no, that makes that that makes perfect sense. Although I I, I wonder if. As a result of this, um, uh, essentially countries or, or companies that are smaller and that want to plant their flag, whether possibly they may have more opportunities now because there may be more of a pushback against um, certain countries or certain um, quite you know, possibly you know quite large possibly. companies, and maybe the environment will be a little bit more hospitable towards. You know, quite possibly or emerging companies. Quite possibly, and this is this is really an interesting and and, and important angle. Um, uh, when you look really a small, typically it's, it's small and mid-sized companies. Kind right. of estimated, but definitely smaller company. Uh, you know, small companies are, are relatively little engaged in, in foreign direct investment and mm-hmm. really fairly minor player. But one of the advantages, indeed, is that they're, they're, they're not on a screen. I mean, nobody going to uh, right. scream at that. And actually, if you look, like, say, at Ohio, I know of Ohio, Michigan, I mean, been a lot of small investment, for instance, by Chinese auto mm-hmm. component maker that nobody has even noticed. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not on a screen. I mean, you know. Um, and I, I think that uh, those may have an easier time. It's quite possible, and again, it's true in every in every country. If you look again in China, absolutely. I mean, it depends on the size of the investment also. Right. Uh, whether you need approval at all, at what level of approval, you know, if it's a big deal, this at that central government below the provincial, or you can even go lower than that. Uh, so you could say that uh, a small uh, investor will have the benefit of, um, you know, not generate the same uh, opposition. The other thing why they will raise less opposition, which is kind of, you know, closing the, the, the circle since you're dealing with antitrust issue and, and so forth, is uh, obviously that... Uh, uh, you know, a, a small company is l- less likely to, to raise those issues. Competitive issues, right. right. 
Uh, what I have noticed as far as antitrust is that I'm not as a lawyer, but as an outside observer having to deal with investment and so forth. What I have noticed over time is that government, and not only in this country, have started, and this is part of globalization, admittedly, have started to look at, at the whole issue of competition on a global scale. Right. Well, we, which to some extent they've been doing before. Well, I mean, I can tell you that, I mean, in antitrust, obviously, when you want to define the market, I mean, the question is, we care about what affects the U.S. economy. I mean, what affects the U.S. consumer? Right. So, and we care about globalization to the extent that uh, companies outside our borders can come in and compete. So, if A is buying B and will have quote unquote eighty percent of the market, but if the market really is global and right. there aren't trade barriers, there aren't any real barriers to entry, and companies in Canada, UK, uh, Germany, Switzerland, Indonesia, wherever can come in and compete down that price, then it's a global market, and maybe the acquisition of A B or the merger of A and B isn't so problematic. Right. That's standard quarter right. you know, so, analysis. So, so how would you look at something like, I mean, the government rejection of, of Electrolux? Um, well, well, right. Right. So that the, 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 the question really there was, was, you know, essentially potential competition there. You know, were they really going to come in and were they going to and were their plans? And they just didn't find that to be sufficiently robust or believable such that they were that the court felt that you could actually you know go ahead with the merger I mean that they're just the court just didn't credit that kind of evidence of of you know of that they were going to come in um, uh, and that others were going to come in and so therefore these are the only two technologies really sort of available and therefore you know that's an evidentiary matter at, at some point, um, but um, but you're right. Any time somebody wants quipped in the '80s, the defense to every antitrust is the Japanese will come in, right? Okay, because they're gonna they'll come in and compete down any price. In the '90s, it became Walmart. It's like if you were a retailer, he's like, I, there's no way we can raise prices because Walmart will just open up a center and compete us down, right? Okay, in the now it's Amazon. You know, now it's Amazon, um, which itself, you know, people wonder whether it has its own issues. But, you know, um, judging by the number of Amazon boxes in my house lately, I, you know, clearly my wife is uh, and our, our household are supporters yeah. of it. But um, but now it's, you know, essentially it's technology. There's 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 borders. I mean, there's there's, you know. Uh, it, the digital age. I mean, that you don't right. even need borders are almost. So, so here's another thing. I mean, technology makes a difference, but there's another thing that makes a difference. I mean, and again, as an outsider, I'm looking at it. I think the uh, uh, U.S. regulation on the uh, antitrust um, and laws have been done with uh, uh, the domestic economy in mind mm-hmm. and with the way uh, U.S. companies uh, compete. Right. Okay. Um, if you're going to have... Uh, say Chinese company for example and Asian companies altogether uh, except for Japan is a little bit different but it depends also if you look at a conglomerate issue they tend to be much more diversified mm-hmm. so it becomes much more difficult to really even define what business am I in mm-hmm. right? am I in the movie theater business I mean remember the, the recent 
that recent acquisition of, of AMC by Ben right. Chinese, or if I'm in enter- entertainment business. Right. So if if the same company now were to get in and uh, uh, say I want to buy, I mean, all you know, the nightclub in Las Vegas or whatever, I mean, is this entertainment or is this just you know movie theater or? Does this, you know, so th- there's a lot of questions that are going to come up, and uh, what courts will buy or not. I mean, Coca Cola, as you know, I mean, has been famous for around the world whenever they've been challenged on an acquisition. They say, yeah, but we are only 1% of the liquid that people consume. Right. <laughs> right. Well, right. I mean, I mean there's. I, you know, I. So how do you define it? Right. right. Where are the boundaries? Well, right. In in the end, I trust there are there are fairly um, uh, rigid analyses that determine you know cross elasticities and the like and what, right, right. what what will what will right. what will constrain pricing and the like. But you know, I that is true. I I find it interesting that as especially as states or as a, as a government or as a, we we want this foreign investment, but we have. All of these other concerns um, about all this other investment, and it, and and it is true that in much of the world, I mean, listen, the U.S. economy, for all of our challenges, pro, you know, provides a, a stage that they want to play on. True, sure, um, sure. And they want to come in. You know, I, I find it interesting whether you know. Everybody goes after the, the the large factory with a thousand jobs, right? You know? Right, right. But that's the one that also, I mean, it's wonderful. It provides employment and all that, but all that also starts giving sort of policymakers little fits. You know, you know, do we yeah, want just, them here? Do, right, right. You know, right. Um, whereas you get a lot of these, especially these technology-based companies that are planting three, four people. You know, here, um, but you know. They they grow. I mean, Google started somewhere. Um, you know, Yahoo and, and Microsoft and all that. You know, maybe we go after those types of you know the, those companies that we think have 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 a potential to grow, and we get them in on the ground floor, and you know maybe water those seeds a little bit more than the than the than the huge factories. I don't know. This is it. What I can tell you, and I will not mention names. Uh, in in discussing it, you know, with some governors and so forth, the, 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 I I am afraid to say that, that most of them don't get it. Right. Uh, it's not that they don't get it. Maybe I don't get it because w- what they want to show is that I brought in a company right. from that and I created three hundred. If I tell them I'm going to bring a, a small Israeli uh, startup and it's going to have two employees, but they're not interested in the but. I mean, the bat is, okay, it's going to right. grow and maybe become the next Amazon. I don't know what. You should nurture it. You should not. They're not interested. You know why? Because by then... Yeah, they're out of office I'm already. out of office. Right. Well, you know, in India is now, you know, sort of trying to, you know, replicate other of its neighbors, you know, startup, right. you know, capabilities. And I found something fascinating. I mean, I saw there was a... There's a um, there's actually an Israeli VC fund that is investing not in Israeli startups but in Korean startups. There is one in Korea, there are a couple of in Chinese and so forth. So they definitely they look for opportunities. I right. Mean, I know. mean and and you know, if <laughs> you know, I guess if, if other places aren't quite as welcome they you know 
Right, right. You know, right. but uh, but that will increase globalization, though. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm regionalization. Not, I'm, I'm not saying say. globalization will disappear. I mean, I think that on the one hand you're going to have you know pressure to do more of that, but there's going to be a pushback. Right, uh, and I think the pushback is already happening. Right, uh, and what what would be the result of that? I don't think it's an either or. I think what we'll have um, is an environment that is very different. Right. Very different. And again, you know, we have, I think, legal and regulatory system that uh, was developed at a time where during very different times. See, that's what I'm, I'm most fascinated to see right. whether there will be a regulatory structure. I mean, right now, mergers and acquisitions of above a certain size have to pass the antitrust muster. Right. And antitrust is, is, is limited in what it cares about. It doesn't care about jobs. It doesn't care. It cares about whether, you know, prices are going to go up. Does it care also about technology and national security or other Not things? nothing. No, that's exactly right. your point. But will there be a, a, a distinct, separate regulatory structure that does care about these uh, less purely economic considerations mm. and... My own, my my own humble guess is yes. Well, yes. in both the U.S. and I think in in the European. Interesting. Well, I, that that makes perfect sense, especially given the way the elections have have been run. And um, and who knows? Maybe that just means more work for lawyers. So I guess that's not a bad thing for us. But it it is a it certainly is an interesting thing to um, Listen, to observe. We are all threatened of uh, replacement <laughs> by robots. So. Yeah. Well. Okay. <laughs> well. On 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 that note, I, I want to thank you very much. It's been a fascinating discussion, and um, hopefully we can we can continue this um, this yeah, discussion absolutely. at some other time. Um, again, this is Jay Levine, your host of Antitrust Law Source. I am here with Professor Oded Schenker um, at Ohio State University, who is in an expert on um, foreign investment and on dealing both with investing in China and in, in similar foreign countries as well as Chinese and other uh, foreign countries investing in the U.S. Uh, thank you for joining me. My pleasure. I think that'll probably do it for this episode. This has been Jay Levine at Porter Wright. Very happy to bring this to you. Uh, please follow me on uh, Twitter at J J A Y L Levine L E V I N E. That's J L Levine at, uh, at Twitter and as well as on LinkedIn. Um, and please follow our uh, podcasts at theantitrustlawsource.com. Um, we look forward to hearing back from you. If you have any comments, suggestions, ideas for future podcasts, please drop me a drop me a line. And if you want, you can email me directly at the letter J Levine L E V I N E at porterwright.com. Have a great day. Porter Wright Morrison Arthur LLP offers this content for informational purposes only as a service for our clients and friends. This content is not intended as legal advice for any purpose and you should not consider it as such. All rights reserved.